You're listening to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast, episode 121 with Olympian Andy Rovat. Me taking second at the World Team Trials and losing and having to overcome that concussion and the self-doubt and the crying, you know, it's like I look back and, and, I, and I don't think if I would have had those hard times that I don't know if I would have made the Olympic team. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with a bonus episode. Bonus episode for the week coming to you with Andy Rovat. This is a 14-minute clip from a conversation I had with Andy a few weeks back that was so emotional, so impactful, that I had to share it with you guys. The conversation covers about a 14-month period in Andy's life, from the spring of 07 through the summer of 2008 when Andy made the Olympic team. And man, this is heavy. I hope you enjoy it, folks. Have a great day. I mean, I remember in, you know, 2006, I made the U.S. World Team. 2007, I had a really bad concussion at the World Cup in Kresnyarsk, Russia. That's, that, you know, for people who don't know, that's 12 time zones away from the East Coast. And so I had to, like, I was knocked out before the tournament. I continued to wrestle because they didn't have anybody. I didn't tell my coaches until after they were wondering what was wrong with me. And so 10 days later, I had to wrestle at the U.S. Open, right? Like, you don't wrestle at the U.S. Open, you're putting yourself at a big disadvantage for the world team trial. So I, I flew from Kresnyarsk, Russia, back to uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. And then from Ann Arbor, you know, a couple of days later, I flew out to Las Vegas. So I had to get on another flight which is not good to do when you're concussed anyways. And I went there and I, I ended up third place. And then, you know, a month, month and a half later, which I still probably should have been wrestling, I take second at the world team trials. And from that moment on, I would catch myself. I, I would have this, I had a condo at the time in Ann Arbor and I would go in my condo. I'd put a, my spare mattress in the condo. I'd shut the doors, obviously, because of light sensitivity. I didn't realize at the time but I would shut the doors, I'd hide in the dark, and I would just sit and cry. And it's like, man, like, everything I've done my whole life, like, not am I good enough to do it? Like, I did it last year, I didn't win again, you know? And there was circumstances that weren't in my control to be able to prove that I could have done it again, right? And so me taking second at the World Team Trials and losing and having to overcome that concussion and the self-doubt and the crying, you know, it's like 
I remember calling up Kendall Cross and being like, Kendall, man, like, I don't know if I could do this, you know, like, I don't know if I have what it takes, you know, and he would, he would just talk me through it. And, and it was super emotional. And, you know, I don't think if, if I would have, you know, I look back and, and, I, and I don't think if I would have had those hard times that I don't know if I would have made the Olympic team because my path to make the Olympic team was, was one of the hardest paths like to make an Olympic team. Like I had so many NCAA champions and world medalists and, and people that I had to beat. And, um, you know, having those, that doubt just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me to not just prove myself, but just to prove to everybody that had been supporting me and, and helping me along the way to get past that and, you know, make it to where I believed I should be, which was in the Olympics. Dude, those are some dark times in after that. I mean, how long... So you would literally just come home and kind of sit there with yourself and your thoughts for, for hours at a time, huh? How long did that last for? Man, like, <laughs> good time. Month, month and a half, you know, two months after the trial. So you're talking like three months after my concussion. And it would just be like, it would just hit me like a ton of bricks. And it's just like, you know, then I finally, you know, dusted off, you know, the <laughs> the self-pity. And I said, look, like, I got to go to these training camps. And so... You know, I went out there and Joe Williams had beat me that year. And, you know, he ended up placing fifth in the world. Uh, and, you know, the next year I had to wrestle him, I think, first or second match at the Olympic trials. Right. And so it's like I got the fifth best guy in the world and I ended up beating him really bad. But, uh, you know, I went out to Colorado Springs and, you know, I was at training camp and they were like, hey, you might wrestle. He's got a torn pack, you know, and, and so I, was, I ended up going out to Colorado Springs and Terry Brands forever was like, you're going to wrestle, you're going to wrestle, you're going to wrestle. I don't want Joe on the team. I don't want him on the team. Um, you know, he's not at training camp. He's not doing his uh, rehab here. He, he hasn't even been here. You're the guy. And, you know, they told me, oh, if you stay out here the whole summer, you'll be on the team. I stayed out the whole summer. And I remember Terry, like, almost tearing up when he had to tell me we, we were about to climb the mountain in Colorado Springs, Pikes Peak, you know, the incline. And the morning we're about to do it, the, it was the last time before we were headed to uh, Baku, Azerbaijan. And he was like, Andy, I got to tell you something, you know, and I could almost see like him tearing up. He's like, I know what you did and I know all that work you put in. He goes, but you're not wrestling. And, and at that moment, I was like, look, like I knew I was never guaranteed to be able to wrestle, even though I lost that spot, you know, and Joe hadn't been in Colorado Springs the whole year at camp. And so you know, that another reason why, like, that just pushed me to be like, look, I, the, you know, I have to put this in my own hands and, you know, make my own opportunities and not rely on other people to, you know, do things to, to get me to what I want. And it's, it's, it sounds weird, but like the best feelings in life only come from being at the, the low point, not, you know, not even maybe an emotional low point, but like a physical low point of, you know, running a marathon like at mile 22 23 you're going to be feeling as worse as you've ever felt but four miles later you're going to feel high that you've never felt so like you can only reach those points through through some type of suffering and hopefully through the podcast we create an environment of shared suffering so to speak where everyone's going through it together yeah you know and uh you know you that hit something you know when you said that you know like as a runner doing a marathon and being at that the last few miles. Right. And it's like, you know, for me, I, you know, at the Olympic trials, I, you know, just popped in my head. Right. Like, cause I told you Terry brands had me training all summer that year. I was second, 
and then the next year at the Olympic trials, you know, and he had trained me a lot when I was in Colorado Springs and he's, you know, if people don't know who he is, I mean, he's one of the coaches at university of Iowa. He's a legend world champ, two-time world champ, Olympic medalist. And, you know, he was training at one point before he had a falling out. The person I was wrestling in the finals, Muhammad Lawal. And I had wrestled NCAA champ after NCAA champ, future Olympic champ to just to get there. Right. So I had three matches in the morning. Uh, Mo Lawal was able to sit out until the finals of the trials. And, you know, because he won the U.S. Open, he beat me in the finals that year. Um, in a close match. And so he sits out to the finals. I had to wrestle three really good guys in the morning. And then at night I had to wrestle him in the best of three. And he wins the first match and I win the second match. And so now I'm going into my sixth match of the day against all world-class athletes. And he is now in going into his third match. And I could barely walk back off the mat. And so we had to walk this huge loop to get back to the warm-up area. And, and there was only two matches that went like the, the third match. And so they're like, okay, well, you're on deck. And I was like, I just got done wrestling. And they're like, well, you only have 15 minutes. You have 15 minutes from the time you go, walk off the mat to the time you can start your next one. And I was like, just crushed inside. I didn't know how I was even going to get out there. I could barely change my uniform, right? And so I look across the way and I just see Terry Brands like, you know, pointing to his head and pointing to his heart because he knew what I did. And uh, I'm getting it, chills right now, dude. Well, for me, it's like emotional, right? Because I can remember it, you know, and it's like when you have somebody in your life that can do that. And it's like he didn't have to talk to me. I just knew like what he trained in me to like understand that I could do I could do anything. Right. It's like it comes from your heart. It comes from your mind. It's like, don't give up. Just push through it. And, uh, you know, I was able to go out there and just, you know, that was years and years of training. It's. And it's funny. I didn't think I, I had no idea to bring up some like emotional stuff, but like, I'm glad we you know, did. It, <laughs> <laughs> I am, man, because it's, um, you know, I could just imagine kind of your point looking over and seeing him and like Terry Brands is not a man of a lot of words, but that says enough right there, you know? Right. You know, because I knew what he would do for me, you know, he would, he would move mountains to, you know, to make it possible to, to give me opportunities, right? Like, obviously he can't, make me do the work but like he could open up opportunities for me and and you know guide me and and just you know you see the effort that your coaches put into you and and you know the belief they have in you and so like you know from that time with you know the year before where it's like you know i was number two and you know you're you're trying to doubt yourself if you could even make this team and, and to the point where you're like well shit now i'm six match of the day of all these hammers right like mm-hmm and you make it through and now you're like, I can barely walk. How am I going to do this? Right. Like, and this guy's precious can be, you know, third match, like no big deal. Right. My third match, I was wrestling a future NCAA champion earlier that day at Jake Varner. And, uh, you know, but what was it like after you won that match? It was just, you know, like everything just stopped, you know, like everything, thing I ever wanted was just like I did it you know like obviously there was more that I wanted you know the whole summer was dedicated to you know winning Olympic gold but you know making that team was the hardest obstacle that I knew I was going to have and uh you know I I just 
you know, you can't believe it, right? Like you're on just a high for, you know, days just because it finally settles in and, you know, you're like, man, and shit, I'm an Olympian. You know, this is something I wanted to do my whole life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's just, you know, it's, it's things that, you know, words can't really describe, but I mean, you could tell like, you know, just even getting emotional about it. It's like, uh, just that feeling that, you know, and, and you miss it, right? Like, as a, somebody who's not an athlete anymore, you miss it, right? Because whether it's the ups and downs, it's just the fight. You know, you miss the fight of the challenging aspect of it. And, you know, I love it, right? There's different fights now, but it's it's not the same as fighting another human being who's trying to take your head off. Well, it's also you like know? you never know how close you are to your goal until you get there, right? You might have thought in your head – Hey, the summer of 2007, that's the lowest point. That's the most challenging thing I'll experience. And it was it was at the time. And then, you know, fast forward six months, seven months, you get second at the U.S. Open. That had to be really tough. And then you make it to the finals of the Olympic trials and you drop a match and you got to go match three. And it's like, how much more can I take? But like, if you would have stopped there, you never would have reached it. So you kept going and you just never know how close you are to your goal until you, until you keep going. You know, but the only way to for sure not know is to stop. And so I think anyone can right. relate to that, you know? Right. No, for sure. Right. Like, like, you know, I said it earlier, the only time you fail is when you stop trying. Right. And, you know, I was going to give it everything I had. And, you know, even, even still to this day, I have no clue how, how I did it. You know, I was losing by a point with 15 seconds left. You were? And, yeah. It took, and it was the third. So you had to win two out of three periods back then. And we split the first two, and I was losing 1-0 in the third period with 15 seconds left. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I, I had to take a step back, and I put my hands on my knees. And I looked at the clock, and I just took one breath. And I, I took a big breath in, and I was like, my hands were on my knees. I was like, this is it, right? Like 15 seconds left to, to prove I could do it. And, you know, he walked into me, and somehow I walked into him. I ended up with his leg. I took him down and he hit his butt and I rolled him over for two and I was winning two to one. We went out of bounds and maybe there was like seven seconds left. And I, t I knew that I had a two point move and the only way he could beat me is if he had, if he scored a two point move. And so I had one point to give. And so we walked back to the center of the mat. They started the mat and I just fell down. And after I scored, the crowd went crazy. And then, I gave up a takedown for one point, which was back then a single point takedown. And so I gave up a takedown with one with seven seconds left because I knew he couldn't turn me. And the whole crowd went nuts because they thought he came back to beat me because it was two to two. But I knew I was winning on criteria. But the only way that I was going to lose is if he took me down to my back. And so I just gave it up, you know, and I won two to two. But those moments they go so slow in your mind, even though it's like 15 seconds, it felt like an eternity. And, uh, you know, that whole seven seconds, I knew I was winning, <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't know because, you know, he let, he, he let the, his emotions and he let the, the, the pressure of that stage to cloud his judgment of understanding what the rules were. And so he, he didn't understand the situation that he was in. You know, but there was no way I was letting 
the pressure of that situation get in the way of me understanding where I was. And so I was able to walk out of that victorious. And again, you know, obviously it's something I'll never forget. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.